Hello and welcome to a new episode of uh, Foodocracy for Her. I'm Kalyan Karmakar and Foodocracy for Her is where I speak to uh, women entrepreneurs in the world of food. I'm in Mumbai today. I'm taking you to Delhi and I'm going to speak to someone whom I first um, sort of knew as a part of an editorial team of uh, the BBC Good Food uh, magazine when it was first launched in India. And I think she uh, commissioned a small article or review, which I did. Well, uh, uh, happy to bring on board Kaina's uh, contractor. So uh, Kainaz is uh, the second Kainaz to come on the show, earlier being Kainaz Mesman of uh, Kyo Brahma. She's also the second uh, Kainaz I knew in my life, I mean, after my wife, uh, uh, Kainaz. So, so good to see you, Kainaz. Hi, Galman. Great to be here, Kalyan. Great, great. So, uh, I mean, you guys can't see this. I normally wear a shirt when I do this interview because our late Jamshed uncle, who's also passing like Kainaz, uh, now, unfortunately, he's no more. He'd once told me that whenever you do interviews, you should wear a shirt and not not t-shirt. But I had to sort of wear this because uh, she could, I thought it would be seen, but okay. So, I, okay. So it's just relaxed. Everything goes in work from home, Kalyan. No, 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 no. But this is part of the script. This part of the script. So what it says is relax. Nothing is in control. So, okay. So, so uh, that really, uh, you know, from what I'm understanding from Kaina's, that really is a story of an uh, entrepreneur. And, and I'm gonna go straight into something which happened uh, last weekend, and then go back to the normal format of what got her into food and all of that. And work from home, I must tell you, uh, just before that, that um, yesterday was the first time I faced that because I had a sort of client call and I went to my desk and I found uh, like a pajama folded over there and stuff, which I'd kept because we were, gone on a staycation, so I kept it for our cats to sort of this thing. And then in the afternoon, I was uh, sort of chairing a Zoom uh, meeting. And and uh, in the back, I was mortified because, you know, there was this clothes rack with things sort of hanging. And one normally positions that away. But uh, anyway, anything goes. Okay, so you know that what um, I was actually supposed to um, interview Kainaz last week. So it was just after the Parsi New Year and uh, just before Raksha Bandhan. And then uh, Kainaz disappeared. <laughs> disappeared. And and then finally, you know, the Interpol managed to find out what was happening there, Kainaz. <laughs> what, what happened? No, and, and I'm not sort of uh, pulling on there because they say, I, I want you to hear the story just to get an idea of what an entrepreneur goes through. So, so over to you. No two days are ever the same. And what you plan for will 100% not happen in the day. That And uh, I'm still learning how to deal with that and not get frustrated by it but I'm a Bombay girl so for me you know I'm used to a certain level of professionalism when it comes <laughs> to work and in huh. Delhi that kind of just all goes out the window because you know one rain and it's all hell breaks loose and that's exactly what happened uh, this Rakhi that you know it rained on the day before Rakhi and that's when we do a bulk of our deliveries because people wanted the day before and it was everyone bailed, right? From the delivery guys to some of the chefs, they just couldn't come to work. Of course. Or it was a convenient excuse as it always is in Delhi. If it rains at six in the morning, 12 o'clock was <laughs> the morning, That sounds like Calcutta. Huh? That sounds like yeah. Calcutta. That sounds like my city. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, same story. And every day, honestly, people, like my friends who are not from the industry, uh. they just can't believe it. They're like, I don't know whether you're making this shit up 
weather and if you if you do go through this on a daily basis why are you doing this so it's either one of the questions of disbelief and then right. that why are you doing this and 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 you became a bit a uh, bit of a hunter wali nadia right i mean <laughs> tell people a bit about that yeah because people are actually like when you know when we have food to deliver and that's yeah. what i always like now we've realized after opening a delivery kitchen yes. that delivery kitchens are much more harder to run than restaurants in my opinion mm. because in a restaurant when you know a guest comes you make the food you plate the food you give it and it's done but for deliveries you have to you know first make it pack it call the rider coordinate make sure he's delivered it properly and not dropped it along the way or eaten it or god knows what the number of excuses that comes so it's a lot more challenging because one thing once uh, a dish leaves your kitchen it's very hard to control what happens to it yes. so we try to exercise that much as much control as we can by you know making sure we only have our own in house riders but sometimes you know things just don't work out as per plan so then we end up doing the delivery so there's so many days where you know guest will be surprised that oh you came to do the delivery i was like yeah but, but you know that's that's part of once the full parsi yeah. experience i know you run the rustam as well as bhavan which is not so parsi but but you know a, a parsi coming in a little uh, scooter and stuff uh, or on a rental is part of the full parsi experience right, right yeah. so you can charge a premium for that that yeah. the kana sarcha <laughs> i wish I, i wish i had those little side scooters that uh, i my auntie used to have when i was a child mm. you know the ones with the side car and all yeah yes that would be perfect but funny you say, said this thing about the challenge of the delivery uh, kitchen because over the last couple of nights i was uh, reading munaf munaf kapade of body kitchens why are so um, why i left google to sell samosa like that i wonder if sometimes in google is a silent investor in <laughs> munaf's world or already does this for tessio thing but but jokes apart i mean uh, you know there are lots of parts of munaf's life which is out there and stuff like that but but there was this entire challenge of his setting up the delivery kitchen uh, which he which he spoke about over there in terms of like you know the rentals the cloud kitchens the consistency and um, that's a very interesting aspect that you brought out because uh, in the pandemic that's become a very central thing like even for the home chefs and uh, uh, all of that but um, is that something which you plan to continue or or sort of move into the restaurant format oh uh, no so we like bhavan like i said earlier was meant to be a restaurant and we'll continue our efforts in making sure it becomes a restaurant maybe at the end of the year next thing who knows but at the moment uh, yes delivery kitchens are the ones who are doing particularly well just because if someone has reservations or stepping out there still that option yeah. of providing yeah. yes. food at home and also from maybe things are better now whether lockdown has opened yeah. and then but again if something happens it's a more stable approach to you know making sure your business is at least floating through for the you know entirety of this bad time who knows but uh, yeah and that's true well from the other side like as as a diner i i think there's a certain i don't know whether it's um a comfort or inertia whatever but people so used to sort of being uh, at home that the idea of stepping out also is so it's it's a very challenging time for the hospitality and industry also, and also one more thing that i feel like 
now a person would easily choose uh, delivery over dine-in is that because we as chefs and restauranters have actually put in a lot more thought into yes. deliveries now which we be let's be honest we didn't do it was like a sweet little side income that was there was happening. no need to there was no need there to was no need to so we didn't you know take that much pains to make sure mm. that you know the same experience that a person had in the restaurant was translated at home mm. but now you see like we are doing everything we can to make sure that you know the first thing when we had the idea of havan 5 years back we were like obviously it's never going to be a delivery kitchen how mm. can you deliver chaat that mm. was the first thing like it was never on the cards very honestly uh, but we had to work around it so whether it comes to sending everything separately making sure you know things are packed at the right temperature what packaging so all that is something that was we thought it was an afterthought that we were kind of forced into because of the pandemic and i think that's what's happened with a lot of restaurants right now that they were forced into making uh, that extra effort and that thought into okay now dine in is no longer an option so how do we make sure our food reaches in the best way possible and believe me now in delhi you have like properly plated meals you would just you can just imagine it being on a plate but now it's in your delivery box it's it looks as beautiful as it would in a restaurant so i think it's yeah something that we've been forced to work, look into and it's working out now yeah yeah in fact uh, i was speaking to mr v sarvi a couple of days back and we were discussing this that this um, you know it's it's a bit of a challenge to sort of bring the experience at home but uh, it's also interesting to see how people have you know sometimes you know there's this very um, there's this saying in buddhism which i'm very fond of uh, which is turning poison into medicine so taking a negative situation and creating something really wonderful out of it like not like not just going back to where we were uh, so so i'm sure dining will happen and all that but this uh, because look at it the other way i mean uh, look at the huge expansion in reach like for example when i've gone to delhi for my short trips i've often wanted to eat at rustam's uh, bonu and uh, mr zubin songadwala uh, when he was at itc moria uh, he was a big uh, advocate but you know but now you can sort of order it in and stuff on the parallel i want to draw is uh, the home chef industry so people think that you know lockdown happened and it was uh, cake walk for home chefs but the main part of the home chef experience and which munaf also talks about in his book was the interaction with the chef like it doesn't always happen in a restaurant right if you go into a saltwater cafe you will you'll rarely see gresham but uh, you know the service the food and all that and and i'm i'm just taking that name but it's true right and and a home chef is all about you know interacting with them going to their house or whatever hearing their stories and suddenly it it just came comes to in a plastic box so then they use social media or whatever to sort of create their stories connect with people um you know being in touch in whatsapp with uh, customers and and sort of building the relation uh, that way okay now uh, you know like uh, kanas uh, was uh, an editor and and probably i don't know maybe she does some work right now and she must be thinking was this guy done that he's doing an interview and not even introduce the uh, interview so so okay so kanas contractor is in delhi i have known her in um, mumbai when uh, she was part of the opening team of the bbc food food magazine i understand that she's worked in the taj hotel group for a bit but um, in front of this not in the kitchen and uh, her partner is uh, rahul and, and they've sort of moved life partner and business partner and everything 
and uh, then uh, suddenly she moved to uh, delhi and then she started rustam's bonu uh, over there and and uh, sort of uh, doing parsi food and and from what i understand and gather from people who eat in there it's is very grandmother uh, food so no microgreens or anything like that and and um, she's also sort of worked as a uh, catering consultant manager to cafes like cafe dori blue tokai and um we were talking about bhavan so very recently they have launched uh, bhavan not bhavans bhavans is a college in andheri in, in mumbai <laughs> and and there uh, is very interesting because they're doing charts they're doing laddus so i'm guessing that rakhi would have been uh, it's more bhavan which would have kept you busy than rustam yeah. right and, yeah <laughs> and this time it was kind of back to back where navroz was yes. on yes. one weekend and the next weekend was uh, rakhi So, yes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like you were talking about with home chefs, I feel like with Rustam's especially, and any restaurant, when you build a restaurant and you are building your menu, you you convey your story. Yes. Yes. The vision of the restaurant is through the food, through the decor, through you know different ways. But when you move to a delivery format, then it becomes very hard to convey. Then what is the story behind the you know maybe dal makhani or selling what is the story behind it so i feel like uh, like this time for us for navroz uh, and we've been doing it for the past 2 years actually is translating our navroz bonu experience which we serve on a banana leaf in the restaurant to the diner at home so yes. earlier like for the past 4 years actually we never did delivery of the navroz menu because we yes. like you know you have to come and experience it it's an unlimited feast on a banana leaf and that is some that's something that we've been doing biannually and we've been doing it ever since rustam's opened but now that experience has to be translated to the customer sitting at home so whether it's you know making sure that okay doesn't just reach you in a plastic bag or whatever you have to make sure we send the banana leaves we send a little note on how to reheat it so that whole experience now to translate it into a delivery format is something that we also still learning along the way and we're doing that and with bhavan uh, bhavan started off as a delivery brand so we we knew exactly like how to you know make sure that our story is communicated to the customer because at the restaurant when we were planning on opening the restaurant before the pandemic we had different touch points where we knew that okay this is how we'll explain plus your plus your identity because of uh, kenas and and rustam is so parsi so send your parsi selling charts you know <laughs> so no, that must have been quite a task right to sort of yeah so rahul yeah so rahul my partner he's the one who started cafe lota in pragati maidan so oh, that's very well talked the, about yeah yes yeah, yes so he so his strength is regional indian food he's also not a, a trained chef so he's also he's a somalia right yeah he's a somalia so he came to uh, india uh, he was in dubai earlier he was a somalia at the gordon ramsay restaurant there so he came to india wanting to open his own restaurant and then a series of events happened where he finally joined the guys who uh, owned cafe lota but at that time Lota didn't exist, so he started out at Roots, which is a lovely cafe that they have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I almost went to Roots one night. Yeah, it's the and it's a home style Indian food. So that's how he kind of because his interest was learning about regional Indian food. So that's how he kind of started and got uh, into that. And for me also, like both of us, honestly, our foundation for cooking has been learning through family members, learning through our mums, our aunts. You know, just crowdsourcing all the recipes and knowledge that we can possibly get. and also of course the internet that's our mm. biggest uh, you know it's been our biggest teacher so ah. that's how so me i'm known more as the parsi but people in delhi know that you know and we also because we are self taught chefs we don't pigeon hole ourselves into any yes. particular kind of cuisine so uh, i am parsi i know parsi food but because at bbc good food we also did a lot of recipe testing and everything. yeah the three stage testing right yeah, wasn't it yes. so <laughs> i was already cooking maybe not professionally but i was cooking different types of food for the past 3 years when i was at bbc so i would always like to learn experiment and that's how slowly slowly we started doing this so that's what people also like okay so you do parsi you do your <laughs> you do regional indian and what do you trained in we like nothing honestly but it's uh, just but, 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 but you know what you explained is really the the journey of parsi food because um, if someone saying that you're doing european i mean many parsis would say that a cheesy bake or a in fact i'm speaking about that with nicole in our last interview is uh, as parsi as uh, you know yeah. uh, you know kolmino sauce or something like that yeah. And uh, and uh, there are more Parsis eating uh, Chinese food on yeah. Parsi New Year than than you know. <laughs> Every time people right? interview me for Parsi New Year, they ask me this question that as your, <laughs> when you were with your family, what were you doing? As a like, uh, dinners were Ling's Pavilion. Yeah, yeah, Ling's Pavilion, China Gate, or Gypsy Corner, depending on which part of yeah. town you were. So Kurush and Ria who run uh, Katie's Kitchen, yeah. and and you know they're big uh, Ling's loyalists like we are. But but they don't get uh, places. So what they do is on Parsi New Year they go for lunch in between uh, yeah. <laughs> service. But if you see Parsi food also, and and I've actually lived in Iran uh, year, years back, um, there's no connection, very little connection between the food of Iran and what the Parsis eat. Yeah. So you know you're talking about regional Indian food, uh, like you probably know better, like the patani machi and all that. It's it's almost like a Gujarati uh, dish, right? I mean, yeah. um, okay. So now I I should do what an interviewer should do. And and really focus on your story. So tell me, Kenaz, uh, you know your interest in uh, food. Uh, you were a Bombay girl, and you know what were the influences around you? What what uh, you, you know your journey before I first knew you, which was in BBC Good Food. So what what happened then? From so uh, my dad was in the navy, so we travelled a lot. So I think that has been one of my much uh, in navy or Indian or navy. Indian navy. Indi- so. Yeah, so we were transferred to a lot of places like Goa, Cochin, you know, Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore. So we've been to a, I've been to a lot of places. So my exposure to regional Indian food has been uh, at a quite early stage. Mm. So you know, uh, and that's how my interest in food overall. And my dad is the biggest foodie I know. So he would always, you know, make me try different things. And one of my fondest memories of food as a child was i used to live in dhanraj mahal at that mm. time dhanraj mahal uh, uh, had flats by uh, the navy 
can us as well copyright is my yeah, right so i did that and i did advertising as well uh, but again the itch continued and I you you worked in agencies uh, just as an intern i didn't okay. pursue that professionally mm-hmm. yeah because at the end of my college period was when i started applying to taj for their management training program mm-hmm. so um, uh, hotels have a management training program yes. taj obroy does but Taj was the only one at that time that accepted non-hotel graduates. So hmm. that is where I sort of, you know, applied for that. Did the Parsi connection help? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was my pestering that helped because uh, my college very conveniently forgot to give in the application, so I missed my date. Hmm. Uh, and Taj said, you know, sorry, we cannot take you and all. But I fought and I fought and I somehow got through. And I think it yeah. was that kind of. you know uh, persistence that yeah. kind of won them over i guess and i uh, got into the program and i did it for one and a half years then i became a restaurant manager as well and i think the reason why i didn't pursue that any longer was because when i joined uh, taj my idea of a restaurant manager was very different from reality i thought that as a restaurant manager you you know you come up with this uh, menus with the chefs you collaborate and you know i thought it was the whole experience but it's not because it's very compartmentalized rightly so also the logistics it's it's more about managing the logistics and manpower guess and that yeah. is something i and was the, more, and the occasional food reviewer and now of course yeah. all the bloggers like instagram <laughs> so i was more <laughs> leaning towards the kitchen so it's my fault huh. i didn't know what i was getting into no but but, but you know what I, i must tell you that my second job Uh, after i moved from market research when i have been in market research through most of my career before i moved into writing my second job was account planning in advertising yeah. because uh, you know that was the natural progression after research and i like you i thought that you know i'll go into advertising and write scripts this that whatever and then uh, when i joined uh, fcb ulta which is early 2000s there was no clarity at that time about what an account planner did or at least maybe i didn't have it so the main thing i got out of that was uh, meeting uh, you know the other kanas my wife and <laughs> and that's about it but but you know unless you try it you don't know it stuff so sometimes yeah. you need to do it yes. yeah so but but i also strongly believe that you always pick up something from those experiences even if subliminally you know like absolutely. this i'm sure this one and a half years of yeah, exactly. being in the taj group and all that must have left an experience it helped me what i'm doing now is directly yes. to that's what when people say you're not a trained chef so how are you running restaurants as a but i may not be a trained chef but i've done the part of you know yeah. running a restaurant i've done that before mm. so uh, yeah so it was and even so with taj at the end of it around the time when i was at taj food writing had really picked up around yes. that time so uh, because i was very interested in food and i wasn't getting that kind of uh, Uh, experience uh, at my current job then i was you know always reading a lot i was going out i was reading blogs uh, yours being one of them actually i uh, yeah i read that so i was i was really interested in that and at that time you know as a you know in your early 20s for me i was like you know i have till 30 to decide what i <laughs> so i was fairly fluid and my parents also like, i like that till 30 yeah yeah i had kept a Thirty deadline. I was like, till thirty, I can figure out what I need to do. Yes. So I was like, okay, now let me try this because this seems more like what I could be interested in doing. 
so then i applied to you know i was i wrote to time out i wrote to nadju i wrote to everyone possible and uh, at that time i didn't have zero writing experience so i used to just write stuff at home and i my mom would proofread it cuz she's an avid reader and she her vocabulary is brilliant so she and to, and, she, and she's a parsi mom so parsi moms yeah, are very sheltering so <laughs> i would send it to people like just you know i would call oh. up the toi office and be like okay what's your editors email address and i would just send it off so at that time i think naresh fernandes was the only one who replied out of them uh at time well, very nice guy he's he's yeah. with school now i mean yes. he he runs school brilliant and uh, i got a opportunity to intern at time out which i did for about 6 months massive learning did not know anything when i went in uh and then after that uh, antoine uh, lewis who uh, used to be at time out and then uh, he uh, started uh, working with burp at the time yes so yes before zomato yeah so with burp so they were starting a new vertical we weren't there for the listings uh, website but they were starting a new vertical which was a, a food centric website fully editorial so mm-hmm. we worked we had a really solid team and we were working on articles there for about i would say a year almost and then it just never took off so we had like a bank of you know 100 oh, i think the whole thing was there but the site never came like that's so frustrating some internal yeah that's so, that's so frustrating we had like a bank of hundred stories and articles yeah. and everything that we done that never saw the light of day but uh, that opportunity gave me good food because at that time uh, bbc good food was hiring and it was in fact I, antoine who put me in touch with them so i started yeah. working there as a junior food editor and then i moved up but that was like the biggest and till date i say that was the best job i had i loved it because i got to write i got to cook i got to meet chefs it was just a brilliant job overall and massive learning as well because i got to interact with a lot of chefs to understand you know what was happening in the food scene what was their inspiration their stories at the same time triple testing their recipes which is yes. you know brilliant <laughs> so it was fun and then but then the magazine turned veg and then yeah. i was <laughs> So you left. You stormed out yeah, like a good Parsi. Ideological <laughs> reasons. <laughs> But I, I must interject at one point. Uh, this thing, I think that uh, BBC Good Food was really a turning point uh, for Indian food media. In fact, um, I was in touch with them even before that. Like Sunabhadu was editor, and we 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 had a chat and stuff. And at that time, I was in market research, so I didn't. I was still not ready to sort of make the move towards uh, writing. But I guess everything has its uh, time. but i think that uh, sona's vision and the vision of bbc good food in that avatar uh, was uh, i think very different because they were also sort of uh, trying to bring out a face of indian food which i think was at that time not so focused upon on on mass media and, and you know she was reaching out to for example bloggers to write also while otherwise like you said i mean i've also gone to that round where i would often poll call to magazines and sites and send stuff and no one ever replies in fact in my stuff whenever i've done columns it's always been when people have approached me but when i've written i mean i must tell you like even with having this blog this that whatever it never really works out so because they they work within this band like for example how tv shows are they work within the band of people but they looked at bloggers 
Uh, then they looked at photographers who were different. Like I, I think they used to do a fair bit of work with Anish Basin, for example, uh, and who's now, of course, uh, Swami and all that. But his type of photography was more reflective of where the photography, food photography world, travel photography world was moving versus the earlier sort of food photography which you know with the green peas falling down and the carrots popping up. So um, I think it was pretty uh, revolutionary. And I think that everyone who had an interaction with the magazine, um, I think it was like, uh, yeah. Pretty heartbreaking for its time uh, then because the kind of photos you see now on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pinterest worthy. That is the kind of stuff that we were doing seven, yes. eight years back. You know, we had a stylist on board. Yeah. So take great pains in making sure, you know, we had the right props. We had a great stylist, uh, Shreya. So collectively and also making sure that it wasn't only about recipes. Yeah. We were talking to farmers. We were talking to uh, uh, you know, we were picking on issues wherein we talk about a particular ingredient. So whether it's salt, whether it's olive oil, you yes, yes. into the ingredient, you know, that kind of stuff. So I feel like overall, yeah, the magazine has... And, and, and not just chefs, but all sorts of restaurants. Like I had done this story uh, for uh, for Deluxe restaurant yeah, uh, yeah, over there. And, 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 and there were so many people uh, this year. So from, okay, so from there, you, you stormed out of BBC Booth Food when they said that it's going to be only uh, vegetarian. <laughs> I think that did. Folded, folded up soon after that. To, but be fair, got... I, to be fair, I tried. I tried for six <laughs> months. And but then... but, but that you got so angry that you stormed <laughs> off and went off to Delhi. That took me a bit about that. And, and, then, uh, and, and then trying to get uh, people in Butter Chicken City to start opening their hearts <laughs> to Sully Chicken as well. So, so how and why did that happen? Yeah, so um, I think so, like I told you, my post pre-30 plan was to do whatever I want. But my post-30 plan was to open my restaurant. That was very clear in my head. I so must think of a post-50 plan now. <laughs> almost reaching there. Yeah, I'm almost reaching there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think the uh, plan was to, uh, you know, learn as much as I could in every different... So even though I did a lot of different things, they were all in some way or the other related to food. So okay. whether it was learning about the back end of a restaurant, whether it was learning about the anthropology of food or where ingredients come from, whatever, it's all been in somewhat connected. Uh, and uh, when the whole vegetarian thing happened, and at that time there were, honestly, there was no other, uh, you know, food magazine where I could see a parallel shift to there was nothing at that time i think um, now to an extent i would say that uh, like i mean uh, in the, in the new age of magazines i mean there's of course you know the the doyen in a sense upper crust uh, but and and it takes something to sort of be uh, consistent over so many years but i would say that in a way the uh, continuous india uh, while it's a travel yeah. thing their yeah. their food uh, something i think carries yeah. that spirit ahead in yeah. a sense i, I feel yeah but like I said, like what I was really, what I really liked about Good Food was it was a mix of cooking and writing. And yeah, that because is it was a, that and that was unique to Good that. Food India because uh, Good Food in exactly. UK was completely restaurant and then it was like food, a recipe. And olive. then they had that other thing which was uh, olive. Yeah. So uh, yeah, olive. Good so. Food India was actually a mix between BBC Good Food India and Olive. 
yeah that's two uh, magazine brands in, uh, i remember chatting about it in um, bagel shop with sona you know she was oh. telling me of the plans showed me the magazines so yes. that's so at that time i was like okay so i don't see anything happening in this line so may as well prepone the restaurant idea so and at that time me and rahul started talk we knew each other from taj so we you know we started talking again and he was like okay i'm planning on coming back to india and then he came back and just it, he loves farsi food so he kind of nudged me that you know let's uh, do this and even when i was in bombay i always felt delhi had a more superior you know dining out culture not because of the restaurants but i was more inclined towards the state bhavans because you had regional representation from lot of states in delhi so people were used to eating andhra food naga food you know there were little pockets in different colonies where you had northeastern actually it's a bit sad because if you think of it and you're you're a south bombay girl and and of course this thing but actually bombay has a very strong uh, regional thing as well because you you got keralaite mangalorean uh, odp from karnataka yeah. where the whole of south now you've got gujarat which yeah. which of course you know <laughs> whether it's bombay or gujarat you can decide this maharashtran in the sense of malwani and and all of that um but yeah there there's also a lot of punjab up but punjab up is probably considered as indian so uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so no but like also there were so many factors at play like bombay real estate is so expensive yes, yes, yes. i could never even think about opening anything in delhi uh, in bombay and at delhi at that time it just excited me more i was like okay let's move to another city i like delhi and i just felt that because there was so much uh, state bhavan representation i felt like people would be maybe more open to trying parsi yeah. and also parsi has been done in bombay like i yeah, there would always be this comparison, comparison between an ideal yeah. britannian yeah. military which soda yeah. bottle faces as well i mean they yeah. opened last in bombay of all their yeah. uh, branches yeah and the thing is that i don't i didn't want to be compared to a uh, britannia or a uh, you know a jimmy boy because the kind of food that they serve is also not home style parsi food so we yeah. i was yeah. very clear that i wanted to do homestyle parsi food which people just don't have access to yes. if you're not invited to someone's house there's no way you can have it so and now there are not that many lagans happening as in the 70s or 80s <laughs> yeah. you know like no i mean when i came to uh, bombay like a invite a parsi wedding was really coveted by people because see in calcutta yeah. all weddings you know non vegetarian but in Bombay, I think only the Parsis, apart from maybe the Christians, would have non-veg in their wedding. Otherwise, the Maharashtrians, uh, Punjabis, Kerala's is that wedding becomes fully vegetarian. So it was like Parsi <laughs> wedding, matlab, as non-veg. And you know how Bombay is, na? It's 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 non-veg. Like it's not after that that okay, what in non-veg? It's like say yeah. Parsi or Bengali would you know whether it's going to be sashni matchi or patani matchi. Yeah, as non-veg khana. <laughs> But anyway, so so how was uh, how was uh, it introducing? Uh, parsi food to uh, uh delhi so it was uh, it was quite uh, interesting i wouldn't say it was very challenging to be honest i i think there were a lot of people who already had a fair bit of knowledge about parsi food but yes. at the same time and about parsis also because you know there's so many senior politicians yeah. lawyers all of that like like uh, you know my my grandfather worked in um, delhi in uh, the railways before he retired and came to calcutta so when um, you know i got married uh, to penas 
then a lot of Bengalis uh, in Calcutta had to be explained like who are the Parsis is that. But my grandfather knew because he used to work in the railways and he was in the, in the central thing in Delhi and was exposed to so many people. So the Parsi culture per se is, you know, part of part New of, Delhi. But, yeah, but yeah. I think the biggest uh, challenge that I thought I would face and I made a very deliberate attempt not to be pigeonholed as those, you know, eccentric Parsis. Yeah, that yeah. very That's a very easy trap to fall into wherein you... You know, we obviously we make a lot of fun of ourselves and we can laugh at ourselves, but like the Punjabis. Yeah, but what I did want to showcase at Rustam's was the other side of Parsi food and Parsi culture, wherein you know, like the music is Sinatra and all your not not Abba. Not, yeah, not Abba. Sinatra everything makes. Yes. Then the decor was also more about you feel like you enter a Parsi home. So a lot of lace doilies, old chairs, those tables, you know, the glass tables just can niche you have yes, yes, yes. postcards and all that. Yeah. So that is the kind of vibe and that was the kind of uh, take home we wanted the guests to uh, go back and, with. And, and this was initially where I, I remember it was a very small place. I remember initially, Maria Rishi writing about how hard she found it to get an empty table. Yeah, initially and... it was in Achini, which is on the Hoskas main road. It was okay. there, but very small. It was about, we had five tables. That's yep. about it. Um, and the challenge that we faced was, so even if someone knew about Parsi food, it was only limited to Dhamsa, yes. Salikoti, uh, Patrani Machi, <laughs> and Kima Pao. That's it. These are the four things. And raspberry. Yeah, raspberry. And the challenge was to make sure where people would try out our other dishes. And that came through, obviously, through training my staff to make sure that they explain to the guests that, okay, you've had dhansak five times now, so why don't you try dhandar patio today, which is different. And that's what, so it was a slow educational process, but now people, like my menu now is a mix of everything and people try, you know, your chicken frill cutlets to sasni machis, there's a whole mix of stuff. And I think, the way we actually uh, were able... And, and you moved, right? Later to the Parsi uh, uh, Haramshala yeah, complex yeah. or something like that? So we moved three years back. Where my in-laws have stayed, in fact. Uh, yeah. uh, They've you know, they stayed in Parsi, Delhi Dharamshala. Yeah. So, uh, earlier. yeah, so there's a Delhi Parsi Dharamshala in uh, ITO, yeah. which houses the only fire temple in Delhi. Uh, in North India, actually. So uh, we were approached about three years back to run the canteen for them. So that's when Rustam's moved because at Achini, you know, it was getting really hard with parking and just generally. Uh, so we decided. But, but this is now open to all? The, the it's open to, Yes, it's open to all. But uh, because we are inside the premises of uh, Parsi the Anjuman, there's a temporary membership fee that you have to get, which you like get. Even, also, even when you go to Gallops, Correct. They had a five rupees yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. or so, whatever it was. It's been a while, yeah. but so that's uh, yeah, so exactly that's how it is. Do you have so, to keep a separate uh, menu for the uh, people staying at the Dharamshala? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, obviously, the restaurant rate and exactly. restaurant food also is not what they'll want. No, uh, so you know? because yeah. the good thing is that because we serve homestyle food, it's uh, ah, yeah, yeah, eat, they love to eat out of that, but of course, the pricing is different if someone stays, which is fair enough, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the whole uh the way we kind of broke into the Delhi market, I would say, is by giving the right suggestions to the right kind of people. Because everyone assumes that Parsi food is sweet and sour, khatu meetu. 
but there are certain dishes that oh. do not have yeah so that we, we've been trying maruk mobrelia's food a lot during the lockdown and her roots are nosari so kanas loves it because it's very traditional and yeah. i do also but it's so spicy yeah. because uh, it's more rustic and one never associate like bombay parsi is more sweetish is yes. more sweet so that's what there are if you have like for example there are people who come and have a prawn curry and it's a different style prawn of prawn curry, curry. Now, now now to kanas when she sees this mm-hmm. i mean my wife kanas because we watch these interviews later together she'll have prawn curry and uh, you know it's it's <laughs> more uh, parsi than goan she's yeah. going to book a ticket to delhi to go there yeah so there are that's what there is even with parsi food there's no standard like there's nothing you can't call one food authentic or not because yes. a, a parsi guy who's been in goa his recipe will be different from the parsi guy who's in gujarat so there are so many yes. permutations and combinations of the kind of food that you can serve so at rustam this is my family's recipe yes. no we've grown up eating so uh, at the very first month of opening uh, rustams we made it a point to ex- suggest the right kind of dishes to the right kind of person so if you have a hardcore punjabi coming to you asking you for a butter chicken and he would like that's happened to me they'd be like okay butter chicken se milta julta kya this sorish bhattacharya was talking telling me recently yeah. on a phone call the other day It's very difficult to break out of butter chicken in Delhi. Yeah, but they would ask that you know butter chicken say milta julta kya hai tumhare paas? Curry chicken. No, then I would be like we have kajuni margi, which I uh, have. Maybe that. But that's white, no? The kajuni margi isn't that yeah, the whitest white. one? Yeah, it's yeah. white. Yeah, so I was like, but whatever, same. Same butter chicken. <laughs> like the Ludhiana, there's a Ludhiana yellow-colored <laughs> butter chicken, right? Yeah. So that. So then we suggest the kaju margi. If someone says that okay, I do not like sweet in my food. then we won't recommend the sali boti we'll suggest mm. the chicken vindalu instead if someone does and this your staff could do as well so it's yeah, not just you you should train because you can't yeah, be there 24/7 or maybe that was yeah. yeah and that was the biggest uh, like of course i was chained to the restaurant for the first year but uh, that is something that was very important because the outcome of whether your guest had a good meal or a bad meal depends on their recommendations yes. and that is something we quickly realized within the first week that we noticed that people were coming and just because they knew like if you go to a south indian restaurant or a kerlite restaurant and your only knowledge is of apparments to example yes yes but yes. you do not like coke. it's a very good point you know years back i'd gone to this uh, japanese restaurant in uh, kolaba and my one point was when i wrote about it I don't know if you remember. It was you know it was a radio club site, Tetsuya or te, te, whatever. Yeah. So I my only point was that you know it was an expensive place, which is fine. Decor was fine, this that. I just wish that uh, there was someone who could guide me through the food yeah. because, I mean, and uh, this was like eight nine years back. We'd not even gone to Japan then. And I mean, not that we are like any expert stuff, but that makes such a big. I also want people to sort of take a step back and think about what you did because, um, you you're not a chef. um and whatever and then you left your own hometown and the secure base and you went to a completely different city and to uh, set up uh, the restaurant and and that's and 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 the recipes were from where like family internet so before i so before i moved to delhi i actually uh, spent uh, two months in nagpur so my aunt is a home chef in nagpur and she's the most brilliant cook i know and she what's her name uh, maruk so oh, she maruk said again. Yeah, she sells. She used to sell these masalas. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. 
called aunties masalas and best masalas oh i've heard of aunties masalas maybe i've tried it also yeah yeah, yeah. i think I'm- ंग lot of crowdsourcing of recipes and i learned at home and then i went to delhi and you know we found a chef and we started off by cooking in my house it was a barsati it was a one bedroom barsati barsati is a very delhi uh, concept yeah, yeah like pg uh, in bombay house on that makeshift house on the roof yeah. so i had a one bedroom barsati over there and we had a tiny kitchen and we had one chef who we hired and uh, we started so rahul was at lota so he would be at lota the whole day and i would be with my head chef prakash who still with me till now and we would uh, you know cook and and did he have any parsi food experience or you you thought no no he used to work at uh, gunpowder so he gunpowder the, the south indian yeah south indian but you know he's he has a very keen interest in uh, learning new dishes so uh, and that's the actually that's the good thing about my team that we built now over the past 5 years is that they are as interested in learning about different cuisines than we are so we've had you know chefs who have no experience in making pancakes waffles poached eggs but they've learned it so that's what people ask that you know how did blue tokai start so blue tokai we started sending them food because they were big fans of uh, you know cafe lota they approached rahul and they like you know we are opening a small coffee place and we want food and we like quiches and sandwiches and he's like yeah great kainas parsi knows <laughs> quiche yeah yeah but uh, quiche and sandwich is very parsi especially ham sandwich it's, it's yeah so very parsi yeah so rustams was only open for lunch and dinner and in the middle we were closed between so you're making sandwiches like a good yeah, pasigani <laughs> sandwiches between 3 to 7 and we were sending it there but, but that's a nice model in bombay in fact max street kitchen were doing uh, the bakes for blue tokai so it's a nice way of the food industry coming together and so, partnering yeah, so it kind of started off very amateurly like that but then the response was good and blue tokai did really well they took off so we kind of moved and uh, we opened a proper kitchen over there hired a separate sh- uh, set of uh, sh- chefs over there and uh, nothing it was just a matter of we used melbourne cafes as our inspiration for our menu there and uh, just experimenting trying that's oh, how it happened very honestly and 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 you know that it's it's uh, that bbc good food time when i think we also sort of awakened to cafe cultures like yeah. melbourne London also when I went there, and uh, of course Melbourne, I went to many to cafes and stuff like that. I mean, all of that sort of came together. Okay, listen, I, there are two questions I want to quickly ask there because we, I think we've got about seven minutes. Um, first, a uh, bit more specific that in terms of so that people uh, just think that what's the vision in Bhavan and what are you trying to do, and then a slightly more uh, market-related question. So, okay, just a quick sum up on Bhavan and what's the vision there. Okay, so. Uh... like uh, bhavan was supposed to be a restaurant uh, 
but we had to you know close it before it even opened because of the first lockdown and we pivoted to a delivery only model and we've been doing that for the past one year it's going to be uh, it's going wow. to turn one on the 1st of september wow yeah and happy, happy birthday in advance <laughs> thank you uh, and this then we had before that yeah and the 1st september huh? maybe yeah. i should i'll add this on 1st september <laughs> and the response has been phenomenal you know we've uh, we've uh, been op- accepted with open arms and also the uh, key thing to note is that we opened the chart centric brand at the time when people were didn't yes. have access to chart during the lockdown yeah yeah, yeah. So that's a very said, smart thing you know the home chefies awards which we did for home chefs there was one category which was uh, street food from home and very few people were doing it like sheetan kakkar in bombay was doing lovely pavaji and all that but people are craving for that that's a great uh, idea so it was a it was purely coincidental that that happened but it uh, of course it worked out great for us and now we are still trying to you know uh, uh fulfill our vision of opening it as a restaurant so hopefully it happens this year and there's always this bombay delhi award and here there's a bombay girl going to delhi and making <laughs> charts but, yeah. and of course but of course like you said it's rahul rahul's uh, person behind and with bhavan the idea is more about regional indian street food so it's not only chart it's uh, the whole idea actually behind bhavan was that so you do calcutta rolls and puchka and jalmuri sometimes yeah 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 we do we yeah. have puchka we have jalmuri oh awesome yeah, but not rolls we've not started rolls as yeah. yet but that's yeah. on the cards okay so okay the, when i come to delhi next time we'll do the rolls yeah. together so the whole idea behind bhavan was that uh we want to uh, because with lota rahul had done regional indian home food so we wanted to now do regional indian street food which unfortunately has always been pigeonholed as vegetarian for some reason like if you see <laughs> haldirams you come see come to bodi mohalla tell people yeah, come yeah, to bodi yeah, mohalla but they are knocking that off also yeah. yeah so unfortunately till now all the brands that were representing yeah. street food in india were always chart were always vegetarian Yes. So yes. and that we felt was a very inaccurate representation of what Indian street food is like. So which is why the idea of Bhavan's came from. And uh, now people always say that oh it's like a upscale haldi ram. I was like no. <laughs> no no. You do the Bengali mutton roll and then there'll be no talk. Yeah. So we do like mutton dahi vada. We do a and we do our own spin every weekend. We try and do a different. Uh, do you do the place. Chinese meal of Bombay? No, no, not yet. <laughs> Has to be like because it will get soggy. Absolutely. <laughs> um and we've also done our own spin on charts wherein we try to focus on uh, ingredient uh, specific charts so we've come up with a chart which is a bengani chart which has a bengan bharta ka dahi as a base wow. and instead of like a palak patta it has bengan chips so you wow. have a bengan it almost sounds lebanese in the uh, yeah, so in a sense yeah. Is, yeah so that is one but it has your amchur chutney khajur uh-huh. uh, chutney so that is one that we did a beetroot chart which uh, took inspiration from your calcutta chop 
so we oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. yeah so we did a beetroot chop and then we did a beetroot curd and beetroot chips so different take a take a single ingredient and then make a chart around it that is something that we tried so that's Indeed. what we are constantly changing our menu and and much more than a single spice so Vineet is a big fan of uh, beetroot and I remember once eating at Zia with him and we had the beetroot tikki uh, which was really lovely and the next day I got a you know, Bengali catered friend of mine to take the vegetarian veg shop of Calcutta which is said like the beetroot okay one last question hopefully it's within an hour otherwise I might have it on Instagram but about branding because see you, you've worked in advertising you've Covered the food market uh, as as a you know writer, so I know this could be a bit personal, but it also I, I think gives people a lot of perspective because uh, sometimes you see people um, around you doing things which you might want to do in the same field or maybe bigger names or whatever, and then you wonder that should I start not start where am I? So um, I want to bring you straight to Sora Bottle Openawala, and the fact is that I think they'd opened before you did, um, and 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 you know they they had you know, created this Irani cafe and therefore Parsi uh, sort of uh, thing like that. It also comes from a big restaurant industry uh, chain and with a lot of respect, Olive and all stuff like that. And, and then uh, you went and opened uh, a Parsi thing in that um, market. And uh, so uh, I, I just want to know what was going on in your head. Were you overwhelmed or um, did you have your own clarity about what you want to do? I just feel it's very important for people to know across, like even writers. Yeah. Sometimes, like, like I feel overwhelmed. So, okay, that okay, Condonas is doing this, and people are writing all these things in B52 and Leaf 52, yeah. this, that. I mean, what is Portal finally chopped? So, I, I, I really want to uh, sort of learn from your yeah. thought and experience. I think that's actually a very important question that you asked because um, uh, not many people know this, but uh, soda bottle Upnawala was a name that I wanted for Rustam's initially uh, because uh, it it so happened that I had worked with Sabi who was oh. the guy who originally did yes Sabi Sachikarai and we had done a shoot with him uh, in Delhi uh, two years I think before soda opened and at that time he told me you know oh, I want to open my own uh, like Irani uh, cafe brand and all and I was like cool you know you should name it soda bottle it's hilarious Yebo. <laughs> and it's it's so funny but the day me and Rahul actually were like okay we're doing this and he's like what will we name it and I was like yeah soda bottle and that was the day I got a press release from Olive <laughs> uh, so it was the most uh, hilarious thing that happened and I was like okay no stress we'll work on something else and you and yeah, and Rustam was <laughs> like a no-brainer because it was yeah. my, my dad. You know, you know, I don't know if you, study, if you studied Renan Martin in school, but in Renan Martin, one of the Indian characters used to be Rustam, so in different preposition things. So <laughs> Rustam said that's name also. Huh? Yeah, it's my dad's name. And I and honestly, right now Rustam is the perfect fit because it, it is, is a, it is, it's, it's, it's so quirky, yeah. yeah. And so I guess would have become a bit quirky for what we were doing. But, but also your vision, like you said, I mean, you wanted to show Parsis as normal people. As yeah, and uh, <laughs> the more cultured side of Parsi <laughs> rather than the eccentric uh, side. And uh, also, uh, not the Irani was, side. Yeah, and it did take us aback, you know, when that news happened and I was like, okay, now we do need to rework a bit of what we had in mind. So we did discard like... Uh, 
initially I wanted to put berry pulao on our menu, but then we're like, okay, you know what? Let's scrap it. And let's... it's not really very Parsi, right? It's not. Yeah. yeah. But we were like, it's... okay, let's just stick to what we what our core is, and we stuck to that. And if you see, Rustam is completely different from Soda Bottle because yes. their approach was more uh, Parsi plus Irani plus Bombay. It's it's and more the Dishoom style, really. I mean, what yeah, Bombay, yeah. More and what I believe what we did was what I don't think anyone in Bombay has done either. There is no Parsi restaurant in Bombay that does like we used to. We started with Vengnano Patio. Uh, then all this you only get from home yeah, and that to order and well in advance. Yeah. So we were doing bhaji dana magos. Wow. On your so regular we, menu? On our on regular menu. Wow. Yeah, we did. Wow. Wow. So we wow. were doing all of that. So. No uh, wonder. So, I mean, people praise you guys so much. I mean, people whom I know and Parsis and <laughs> even otherwise writers and stuff. But after the point, like the comparison for me just ended. Like it was there in the beginning where I was like, oh no, like, you know, I mm. we cannot afford to have any comparison. So we need yeah. to switch tracks and maybe do something different. And that's what we did. And the same thing happened with, you know, with even with Bhavan, we we consciously, especially when it comes to Indian food right now, there's so many people doing Yeah, it. and there's so many people who defined it in their own way. Yeah, Indian accent, Bombay yeah, canteen, Bombay this, that, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And even with Mithai, uh, you know, Bhavan's Mithai's was something that we were working on for the past four or five years. Like, mm. we have been working on the modern Mithai's for a while, but it happened that we had our entire list of Mithai's ready in terms of the idea. And then, you know, Ar came and they had similar Mithai's. Sorry, who was this? Huh? Who came? Ark, Ark. There's Koya okay. and Arka, two other... Because in know, Bombay, the Bombay Canteen has a Bombay Sweet Shop Bombay or something like that. Shop. So, yeah. before we opened, there other people had already opened. So we made a very conscious decision to then knock those items off our menu. We were like, you know what, it's okay. We'll work on new dishes. Too bad now someone else has beat you to it. That's fine. That's how it works. So we just scrapped it and we... And that's a reality of food. I mean, it's 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 food yeah. at the end of the day. And I think that's what people need to understand. And I also don't take it personally when I see a similar looking dish on someone else's menu. It's not... You know, it's not, maybe they've not copied it from you. Maybe they had the same idea as you. You know, it's not yeah. fair to assume that someone has copied your dish or something like that. Because I, I mean, look at the Patrani Matsi. I mean, in Bengal, we have the Paturi and people were, uh, but it's very different. It's just steamed in banana, but uh, mustard. Then yeah. in, in the South, there's a Poli Chattu, which is actually fried and then put in banana leaf yeah, yeah. with tamarind. They're all different interpretations. No, but like, that's why we make it a point to not get upset if someone has, if we see a similar looking mithai or a dish, because we're like, you know, it doesn't matter because it's happened to us wherein I've, I've been this close to launching something and someone else did it before me. So I'm like, mm. you know what? Okay, I'll do something else. And yeah. that, that has been happening and it has nothing to do with someone you know, copying your idea or stealing your idea. It's just that two people can have the same idea at the same given point in time. And that has happened. So, I, I no, I'm, I'm so, I was wondering whether I should ask you, not ask you, but I wonder, and I'm so glad that you said what you did because what I got out of this and say from putting words in your mouth that I think you had a very clear vision in terms of both Rustam, what you wanted to do, which is to show a slice of life of Parsi and not, um, you know, 
the Mario Miranda, though he's gone. Yeah, and not uh, the Bollywood. Of, you know the Bollywood. Ah, not the not the not the Pistonji Pistonji yeah, coming in, in a Hari uh, and uh, you know, Baba Nirani's yeah. uh, caricature sort of thing. And uh, and also with Bhavan again, you have a very clear view in terms of um, street food and showing the side of Indian street food, which is perhaps not shown. So what I've got out of this is that um, you need to have clarity in terms of what you want to do, yeah. and then not to not get too overwhelmed by what others are doing. Because then, yeah, yeah because I then we would not is, have the Rustam's Bonu. We yeah, would not that have is Bhavan. One thing I feel like we've never really cared about what other people do. Like I. I really don't look at other menus. I, it sometimes it happens when you launch something and you realize that shit, this person has already done this. But it's not a race to who's done it first. It's not a you know invention contest or anything. Yeah. So it's if your version is something different, I feel you need to stop having that ego. You know that chefs yes, have. Yes, and I feel that happens. No, like, it's understandable as creative people, but yeah, I think there, yeah, there's bound to be an overlap. And I feel yeah. like you know, you can't. It's, it's like the alu in biryani story. I mean, I first read about it in Vishamvi's food, the yeah. book, many years back. Since then, million people have written about it, and it's like write about something else, write about the egg. Okay, listen, I I think that it's fabulous that you said this. And I'll give you context because it's been 16 months of pandemic, lockdown, whatever, and and we've been in our homes and, and we've largely been surrounded by uh, social media and what we are seeing through that. And I don't know about you or, or, or about people, but sometimes it can get very, very overwhelming. And you know, nowadays they use this imposter syndrome and all that. So I think that this clarity of vision, which you said uh, is like uh, really important. So yeah, because uh, like, honestly with Instagram, like I just stopped some days I delete it, some days I just uh, keep following because I feel like if something is, you know, affecting me in a way that I cannot think clearly on my vision because yes. I'm worried about the other person, I just like, you know, just in fact, uh, your fellow Parsi chef who's now doing gone independent, Anaita also wrote about that on Instagram sometime back. And last weekend, that's what I did. Like, we were in a staycation and, and it's just getting too much for me. So, for two days, I, I didn't switch off Instagram. But what I did was I was only I would only come in particular points and you know to share the thing of the view or what we're eating or whatever and then go off. I would not uh, because, see. Yeah, I feel like honestly, I, while because everyone's making these Nobel Prize winning speeches and then you're wondering yeah. like okay, what the hell am I doing? Because I'm just putting some button in a chart. <laughs> as much as Instagram is a source of inspiration, it also kind of bogs you down because you can't because there's it. no other contact with the real world right now right yeah, i mean it's just your neighbors and instagram yeah and there's too much then you know that self-doubt happens you're like oh you know this yeah. one is doing this thing so it's just better to shut off and do your own thing that <laughs> is what we do me and Rahul like we're like yeah you're already sounding like a parsi granny better to shut off and do your own thing but these are wise words so with that ladies and gentlemen that's Kana's contractor, um, behind Rustam's Bonu, behind uh, Bhavan and many other things. But most importantly, I mean, go and eat at Rustam Bonu, right? You can do that now. Bhavan is a takeaway thing. So look up their sites. If you're in Delhi and also Burgao, right? Uh, the, the... Oh, but we deliver all across Delhi. Ah, so you deliver uh, all across. So whether you're in Delhi, Gurgaon yourself, or you know people there and you want to send them uh, some nice foodie gifts, then you uh, look up their Instagram sites or the websites or everything and uh, place an order. 
And absolute pleasure talking to you, Kainaz. I must go and eat your food in, in the next chapter. One goes to Delhi. Okay, do take care. Bye. 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 Ah, okay.